0: Welcome. We can do hard things. <laughs> we can do hard things. We got this. You are coming live. From No, we are coming live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everyone send help. All the help in the world. It's we're, the
0: February like slump.
1: Yeah. It's a three day weekend and we're really, really happy that it's a three day weekend, but we're also really um just anxious and not doing well right now because I'm dead inside. <laughs> Let's be honest. We're working on our final for our class and it is a lot and we're confused and we're lost and just all good things.
0: This is Teachers Talk. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast where we talk about teachery things. Teachery stuffs.
1: Stuffs. Yeah. It's good. gonna be a great day, everybody. We're not in Phoenix. No, we are not in Phoenix today. Where are we? We're in Flagstaff, Arizona, and I'm looking out the window right now. There's snow on the ground. There is. Which mm. is
0: weird when you're from Phoenix. i was going to say, hopefully we don't get snowed in this weekend. <laughs> don't worry. Teacher friends, we're going to leave early. If we see that snow is coming. Because we are Arizonians, <laughs> and we do not drive in the snow. No, we don't. Yeah, wouldn't be <laughs> So yeah, as Skylar said... We are here in Flagstaff. We are doing a weekend away, Mm -hmm. doing our homework because our second to last class is wrapping up Mm -hmm.
1: and it is actual death. It's pretty awful. I had to email my professor and basically just say, hey, um, I'm choosing to accept a B in this class. Therefore, I will not be doing this assignment, Um, which was like 10 points or whatever. And she was just kind of like, okay. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Like, cool. Thanks. She like, was <laughs> like, super understanding. Yeah, She's very understanding. I'm just at this point of, I don't understand the content of this course. It's all about research and sure. all this good stuff. And I'm not, my brain doesn't go there. So. Nope. Either does mine.
0: And I'm okay with that That's
1: at this okay. point. Yeah, we've We're accepted. down to eight weeks left. Just about. Yeah.
0: We are in the home stretch. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to get through it. And yeah, it's like definitely the February I know I said slump, but like, you know, when you're in February with the kids and February is short, but yet sometimes it can seem very long. We're trying to
1: get to spring break is what we're trying to do. And we feel it. The kids feel it.
0: Yeah. We're doing like a lot of resets, a lot of practice, a lot of reminders. Mm -hmm. We did a nice uniform reminder this week. Oh yeah. We've also had a ton of events lately. Oh yeah. I think... Last time we spoke to you all or recorded was <laughs> before, field, before day. field day. So mm-hmm. we had field day. We had Westward Ho, mm-hmm. which is like a huge second grade event where I could go into detail, but <laughs> yeah, I yeah. look at our Instagram. You can see yeah, our, our costumes go. for the day. That we was should great. save it on a highlight so that people can see mm-hmm. it. That'd be fun. All of our school. It's events. already gone. But whatever. <laughs> Maybe next year. Yeah. Um, And then we have a field trip coming up soon. So Mm -hmm. there's just like a lot in the third quarter. Yeah. It's a fast, but yet slow third quarter. Yeah. Anywho, (laughs) today is my day.
1: Yep. Mm, mm, Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. I did the research. She did. And she done did it good. Ah (laughs) I done did it maybe a little too much. (laughs) Let's just say, I
1: mean, for me. That's how I yeah, felt
0: like. But it's so fun when we get into it.
1: Yeah. So
0: basically this will be a two-parter because I read an entire book mm-hmm. and there'll be more episodes after this. Let's just put it that way. So backing up, back to the beginning, I was scrolling, tick, nope, not TikTok, Instagram. Instagram one day. And one of my friends who just became a mama last year was reading this book called Gentle Discipline. Mm -hmm. And me being a teacher and not a parent was like, hmm, I could get on board having like zero idea what this book was. Yeah. And what did I do? I impulse ordered it. It's fine. And it was great. And I'm really (laughs) glad that I did. Not only did I impulse buy, but then Claudette also impulse bought it. Mm. (laughs) It's a really good book and I forgot the author and I didn't say who it was on here, but it's on the gram. I know I posted a picture of it. You
1: have posted a picture of it while you talk. I can look it up too. Oh
0: yeah. Do that. Do that. Cool.
1: So I thought that
0: not only is this book applicable to parents, but it also is applicable to teaching. And it was crazy because I did see little flutters of love and logic and stuff like that spread throughout. So I will also be a parent one day. I figured yeah. this is a great time to get my information overload before I have bibbies, <laughs> Which
1: is how I felt with my Love and Logic one, too. Yes. Um, okay, so it's the Gentle Discipline Book, How to Raise Cooperative, Polite, and Helpful Children by Sarah Ockwell-Smith. That is correct. That's it.
0: And she has, like, a bunch of... She has a website, she has an Instagram, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So she is a great resource Yeah, and
1: we'll put all of it in the show notes. How does that sound? I think that sounds like a really good plan. I just Uh, whipped off my jacket (laughs) because I got a little toasty. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Meanwhile, I have four jackets on. (laughs) I know. It's a
0: whopping, what, 40 degrees outside? Uh, I don't know. People from the Midwest are like, you babies. Babies. Yeah. Yeah, well. It's 55. (laughs) Is it 55. (laughs) But it was oh like twenty gosh. something this morning. So it feels so cold, but it's also cold inside. It is very cold inside. Shall we hop to it, everybody? Yes. Okay. I wanna let's know what this is about. Do it. So I'm gonna start with a quote from Paige Numero Uno. And obviously oh, I
1: thought you were saying a person's name, Page something. And oh, I was no. like Paige Numero. No. <laughs> you guys, we're really sorry, but we're not mentally like
0: <laughs> here right now. So let's just we're gonna keep trucking. You ready? Yep. Sorry. Page one, as in the physical page. page. Yes. Got it. Um, Quote, I'm not saying that we need to be perfect. Far from it. I have made many mistakes as a parent and I still do. And mistakes are okay. As long as we learn from them, unquote, which we tell our kids all the time. (laughs) Continue quote. Really? This is what good discipline is about learning about our kids and ourselves. Wow. Pretty solid yeah. introduction to the book there. I like that. So, current understandings of discipline. Basically, what we're going to do today is talk about what discipline is, what gentle discipline is, dive into four types of parenting, which we have obviously brought up in multiple yeah. episodes. Yeah. But then we get to the good stuff. Why children? misbehave, which I'm really excited to go into because being a teacher, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's nice to like take a step back and say, oh, this is why you are the way you are. I get it. It's
1: hard sometimes when they are misbehaving and you do have to take a step back and say, there's a reason for this. We need to get to the bottom of it. And if we have time,
0: we'll dive a little bit into how children learn which is one of my nerdy obsessions. I love talking and learning more about the brain, Mm -hmm. especially in children. So if we have time, we'll go into that. If not, we'll make do somewhere else. (laughs) So current understandings of discipline are steeped in old behaviorist ideas. And it's this belief that children have to be punished, right? Mm. You do something wrong. There is a punishment for that. And they are motivated to do better when they are punished for something, Mm. which those of you that are parents and (laughs) teachers probably disagree. I would disagree. Great. (laughs) Moving on. So the old, not the old, the Oxford English Dictionary defines discipline as, quote, the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct obedience.
1: Disobedience. Disobedience.
0: Thank (laughs) you. Great. Not sure if that's a solid definition, Mm. but let's keep going. You mentioned this in the episode last time Mm -hmm. the word discipline. Mm -hmm. You said, did you say it was a Greek root or a Latin root? Um, I think you said Latin, correct?
1: I want to say Greek. Okay, maybe you did say Greek. I don't know, but I can look it up really quick while you're talking again. Okay, so
0: my book mentioned the Latin root. And I do not know Latin, so please don't come at me. <laughs> D-I-S-C-I-P-L-I-N-A is what I'm taking as disciplina. Okay. Do not come at me, please. I'm
1: sure someone will tell us otherwise. <laughs> Which
0: means, when translated to English, instruction. Mm. So discipline is equal to instruction. In turn, disciplina derives from the Latin word ds c e r e my half Spanish <laughs> accent on that one yeah which means quote to learn So discipline equals instruction equals to learn okay are we golden so far?
1: I think so. great uh, yeah that makes sense to me. So this book talks
0: about gentle discipline. Do you see my hands right now? Yeah. I'm like Wah. I found it
1: Greek word that okay means you said Greek to train.
0: Great. So basically the same thing. Yes. So gentle discipline um, is like an avenue of discipline, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's focused on teaching and learning rather than punishing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And rather than having expectations for children that are unrealistic. Mm, that's um, big. They focus on having realistic. realistic expectations of children that are developmentally appropriate. Okay. Um, given their brain development mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Which being a teacher we were trained in Mm -hmm. and it makes me think like all the parents that may or may not know that information. I wouldn't have known that information had I not been a teacher. Yeah. But people that have taken psych or other courses Mm. probably know that. Yeah. So as we've stated previously, there's four types of parenting. There's the authoritarian, the permissive parent, the uninvolved parent, and the authoritative parent. Mm -hmm. So just to quickly recap, the authoritarian have super high expectations of children, basically expect them to come off as like a little adult. Uh, they have little room for compassion, empathy, or understanding. They expect children to be seen and not heard, which I know is like an older yeah. theory for like, I wouldn't necessarily say my parents, but like my parents' parents, so my mm-hmm. grandparents. Yeah. Um, and... Basically, the parent has full control and the child has absolutely zero, Mm -hmm. which we all know is problematic at this point. If you've been listening for a while, (laughs) then the permissive parent does rarely disciplines. Expectations are low. Boundaries are rarely reinforced and they have high compassion,
1: Mm. which is also problematic. Yeah, I have a couple of those parents (laughs) (laughs) in my class. And you think about
0: like also those of you that are listening please also take into consideration like types of teaching right yes, yes. like tr- when you're listening tr- what's the word I'm looking for replace that's what I'm looking for mm-hmm. replace parent for teacher yeah and you can interchange them throughout yeah so third type of parent is the uninvolved you all know what that means they're just not involved <laughs> moving on thank you for that definition you're welcome <laughs> fourth one is the authoritative, which we have learned in previous episodes. This is like the walking the balance beam, mm-hmm. right? It's a careful line between parental and child control. The child is given control when it's appropriate and safe. Mm-hmm. The expectations are realistic. Discipline is conducted with respect and compassion, a.k.a. gentle discipline equals the authoritative parent slash teacher Mm. so another quote before we jump into why children misbehave (laughs) your favorite i know it's really good so um a great teacher is one who stays calm controls their temper Mm. and inspires their students by setting a great example good just yes. take that in. <laughs> Always set a great example. I, like, uh,
1: I feel like the word calm should be highlighted and bolded and um, larger. All of font. it should be
0: highlighted and bolded.
1: Calm, calm, and controls their temper. Yeah. Whew, there's
0: been times where I'm like, just bring yep. it back. Bring it back. And that's,
1: I mean, something we've talked about too is obviously showing all the emotions in front of your students. But showing them correctly and showing how to handle those emotions. And we're going to talk
0: all about modeling. Mm -hmm. Don't you worry. Okay. So chapter one, are you ready, folks? No. Why children (laughs) misbehave? Let's get into it. So often we expect behavior from kids that that they are not fully capable of Mm -hmm. and that we are also not fully capable of ourselves. Mm -hmm. When I read that, I was like, oh, man. I need to take that into consideration a lot of the times. Yeah. So good teachers take the place of their students. They imagine um, what it would be like to be in their student's spot, which is always a great thing to do. Yes. I think about our beginning of the year meetings, right? Mm -hmm. When we're there as a faculty, we're sitting in the cafeteria, we're on hard chairs and you're bottom starts to hurt yeah. and if I can't sit there for two hours what makes me think that a child can do that definitely can't <laughs> and I think I've said that before yeah um so if we as adults don't navigate the journey perfectly all times at all times we shouldn't expect children to do it mm. and I think that's absolutely fair to say
1: yes I would, I would agree with that <laughs> your comments are spot on oh right well. they're just yes. uh, one word one word <laughs> replies
0: <laughs> I got this so why kids misbehave? Kind of two parts, right? There's a physiological Mm -hmm. behavior, and then there's the psychological. Okay. So let's start with physiological behavior triggers. Okay. So physiology is the scientific study of living systems, Mm -hmm. basically like human studies, okay? Okay. So there are different categories that can cause behaviors to come out. Mm -hmm. One of them being diet, another lack of sleep, A third, sensory overload. And then a fourth is immature verbal communication. Okay. So we're going to break apart each of those. So one thing that can lead to behavior is diet in students. Mm -hmm. And I think this is so important to take into consideration because you don't know what a child is receiving prior to coming to school. Yes. Or if they're receiving anything at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Food-wise. Correct. Yes. So just be mindful of that. And be cognizant of what they're coming to school with. Yes. One thing I do in my classroom, which I do not by any means expect anyone else to do, but I always have a fruit bowl in my classroom. Mm -hmm. And um, quarter one and two, I supplied the fruit and so did Claudette. So we would trade off. But in (laughs) three and four, we got smart and parents have started to bring in the fruit to supply on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So that's just like the just in case fruit. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a snack, if you have a ton of candy or what have you, Mm. that's a good alternative that doesn't need to be refrigerated. Yeah. So that's good. Just like oranges and apples, right? Yeah. Oranges, apples, sometimes bananas are thrown in there. Oh, okay. So yeah, easy things. Uh, so one thing that can lead to a behavior is low blood sugar or low glucose levels. Mm -hmm. AKA that means you're going to be hangry for the most (laughs) part, which we all experience. Uh, Yeah. Which goes back to the quote of if you can't expect yourself to go without eating for Mm. what? Three hours or so. Yeah, about that. Then you shouldn't be expecting your students to go without eating. Period. Yes. Snack time. Important. Yeah. (laughs) And they should be eating snacks. I think it's important for them to Fuel their bodies and recharge yeah. with healthy food. And luckily we do an entire unit mm-hmm. on what it looks like to consume nutrient dense food. So and it's at quarter three. So it's like, yeah, kind of late, but well, still. And
1: same thing though. Like, I know you You said you'll get into modeling, but mm-hmm. you should be eating a snack when you're child- yeah. I think we yeah, always And eat. you model that really well. I always eat my snack with them out at recess and I always have my veggies and hummus and I just feel like it's helpful for them to see other adults also eating healthy yeah. foods.
0: And then you get to like partake in a meal. Yes. Quote unquote with them. Mm-hmm. Um, another trigger with food can be artificial additives. Mm hmm so those red food dyes those things that are banned in other countries like (laughs) I will not go down that rabbit hole but I could (laughs) I absolutely could be cognizant again of what's going into (laughs) and okay you as a teacher do not have control over what your students eat Mm -hmm. and that can be very difficult and I understand that and I'm sure you also understand that yes um there's only so much you can do. But as a parent, just be mindful of what your child is consuming. Mm-hmm. Be mindful of the ingredients that are put into certain things. Because these artificial additives can are linked to hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. So that can be in breakfast cereals and chips and candy, juices, and even some medicines. Mm. So just be aware and mindful of what's going into the products that you're giving your children because you might not know that mm. it's linked. I know I ate Gushers and white bread and this, that, <laughs> and the other growing up. Luckily I was a pretty chill kid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it does de- definitely depend on you as a person. Yeah. Cause I grew up eating toaster strudels and, oh, and same. Eggo waffles for breakfast and mm. all that good stuff. Pop-tarts, so pop tarts, you name oh, it. Oh Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> Save. and now I'm
0: like, oh no. Yes. Um, and then one more thing in relation to diet and food: low levels of omega three, the long chain polyunsaturated fats, are increased or linked to increased behavior problems, mm-hmm. and a lowered reading ability. How crazy is that? Oh. And a poor memory. Oh. So get those omega three. Maybe that's me.
1: My and poor memory.
0: <laughs> don't they have supplements? Eat oh. more salmon. You don't like fish, but I'm going to make you I eat salmon. I
1: eat salmon regularly. Oh, you eat it now?
0: Yeah. Oh, Remember I, I told this? you
1: I like make salmon now.
0: I'm so proud of you. Thank you. That's Thanks. huge. <laughs> so that's one trigger. Okay. That was <laughs> Diet. Like a lot to unpack in one trigger. Mm-hmm. But as a teacher, it's kind of nice to reflect on. You don't know what they're coming in with. Second thing that you may or may not know what they're coming in with is a lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. So this book breaks it down how much sleep you should have per your age group. So if you're one to two years old, your child, if you, you personally, <laughs> you, if your child is one to two years old, on average, they should be getting 11 to 14 hours daily. Three to five. Can I oh, ask, sorry, yeah, is that,
1: on. do you happen to know if that's like a night of sleep or just with naps as well? I don't know. It okay. didn't stay. I, okay. I, just curious. And
0: I forgot the book. I didn't mention that at the beginning. You know, because we're in Flagstaff. <laughs> I left my book in Phoenix. Um, I want to say that's a daily average. I would but think I so. don't, I cannot confirm that with you. <laughs> don't co- don't quote question. us. <laughs> Good question. Good <laughs> question. Thanks. Um, three to five years, an average of 10 to 13 hours. Our school-aged children, for us elementary educators, mm-hmm. six to 13 years need about nine to 11 hours of sleep daily. Mm-hmm. So they take that into consideration with all the extracurriculars that are amazing. Just think about it. And 14 to 17 years need 8 to 10 hours. And she actually goes into like a lot of detail about teenagers and their biological clocks. Mm. And how they should really be like going to bed around 10. And then waking up at a later time. Because you know how, like, all these parents fight their kids to go to bed early in high school? Mm -hmm. Their biology is actually, like, telling them to not sleep. And so they should be staying up later, but waking up later. So they should still be getting eight, to, eight ten to 10 hours, but at a later time.
1: Interesting. Isn't that crazy? But then that doesn't help with like school starting at 8am. Correct.
0: And that's why she argues that school should be starting for high schoolers on the later end. Uh, yeah. Cool. I thought that was a really interesting piece. Yeah. Uh, but kind of in tune with that, if children are put to bed, if mm-hmm. children are put to bed before their body is biological ready, biologically ready, mm-hmm. Um, it takes longer for them to fall asleep, yeah, and then they're gonna wake up throughout the night, so they're not getting that consistent REM sleep, mm-hmm. So just be
1: mindful, yeah, <laughs> I have a student that's going through like some difficulty sleeping right now, and her mom says like she thinks it's very parent in her grades ish uh, okay. right now and she thinks it's because of her anxiety before she tries to go to sleep oh so young i know which sucks because i wonder what time she's putting her to bed i uh, i don't know but she says she has a really hard time falling asleep well
0: tell her to listen to this because this next part mm. might kind of help okay. so there's like been a lot of studies about lighting mm-hmm. recently this book brings it up i was listening to a podcast about Just all the light that we're exposed to now that we have constant tablets, Mm -hmm. electronics, you name it, we have it. Yeah. Any night lights or devices that are not red can can inhibit sleep.
1: Any lights that are not red. That are not red. So So red red light is
0: the only one that doesn't affect sleep.
1: Interesting. Yeah,
0: because it doesn't affect the secretion of melatonin. So blue lights, your Mm -hmm. tablets, your phones, your computers... TVs, Television, night yeah. lights all emit blue. Interesting. And that hinders your sleep. It doesn't allow you to secrete melatonin, mm-hmm. which then doesn't allow you to have that full hearty sleep, gotcha. night of sleep. That's why they recommend you get off stuff like an hour to two hours before Mm -hmm. going to bed.
1: Which is hard for me because I like to fall asleep to TV. It's hard for everyone now. But I do try to get off my phone Mm -hmm. because that's like right in your face. Um, Yes. But my brother is really good about phone and light just like the lights on in general like I try to turn the lights off like Mm kind of right before I'm going to bed but I should be doing it like an hour like I have all my lights off in my room
0: well and this one girl whose podcast I listen to she there's a doctor who I bought his blue light glasses they're called blue blockers b-l-u-b-l-o-x blue blocks I think Mm. he's done like a ton of research on this and he's super passionate about it but this girl, they were having a conversation and she replaced all of her lights with red light mm-hmm. so that when she is ready to fall asleep, it's, you can have them on and they don't affect you. So like fire light doesn't affect you if you were to have fire. Yeah. Cause that's what, like, if you think back to our native colonial yeah, <laughs> <our> colonial times, <laughs> they had fire Yeah, and fire didn't impact your secretion of melatonin, which wow. helps you fall asleep. So many interesting things. Just learn something new.
1: I know. I, I wonder, are, I wonder why red light. Like what? What about
0: red light? What about
1: red light? If anyone happens to know the uh, yeah, science behind it, that's pretty if, interesting.
0: I wonder if they knew that going into making. Probably not. Into making light bulbs and whatnot. Oh,
1: I mean, light bulbs were invented. Um, like Right. So, <laughs> so I don't think that that was ever a consideration.
0: But I hope more research continues to come of that. Because yeah. the more we know the better. Oh yeah, for sure. Um a third. Let me just scroll up. Okay, so this is Yeah, we have diet, nice. lack of sleep, sleep, and now we have sensory overload, which is a new topic that impacts behavior. And research has shown that one out of every 6 children experiences auditory and tactile sensory symptoms that are serious enough to impact or negatively impact everyday life. Mm. So that can be the feel of clothing, the feel of paper, whatever's around you, or even hearing the auditory piece. Mm-hmm. Then even more extreme, one in 20 children can experience sensory processing disorder or SPD, which is described as a disorganization of sensory signals and responses in the brain. So that's like the more extreme version of just your one in six experiencing issues with touch and feel.
1: Uh, and or sorry and and hearing yes so that's like aside from then obviously like autism correct students or children i should say with autism are highly affected usually by sound correct and and feel um but that's even just a side which i I don't know if it's a side but it's just i don't know if they're taking them into account or not that makes sense
0: but i know this year i don't know who has this child? But I know there's a child in our school who's, who has SPD mm-hmm. and the material in which our uniforms are made out of like Effects. affect him. Mm. And so they've had to change what he wears. The type of, Oh, interesting. the type of material that he wears. What grade level? I, I don't know. know. I just heard the Dean of students talking about it. Oh interesting. <laughs> I was being a nosy Nelly. <laughs> it's fine. Um, And then last but not least, under this category, we have the Immature Verbal Communication Skills. I needed to hear this one. Mm. I did. So this one is a child's inability to communicate his or her feelings and needs verbally can increase problems created by other triggers. So this is a child's inability to communicate Mm -hmm. either what they need or how they feel. Okay. And this year... In particular, I needed to hear that because mm-hmm. I do have a student who is unable to process feelings and needs. Yeah. And sometimes it's really nice to take a step back and help that student identify mm-hmm. or at least attempt to identify what they need or how they feel or where they feel it. Yeah, um, Emotional communication remains to be one of the last
1: skills to develop in humans. And... Adults struggle with it yep. all the time. I talked about that in my episodes yes. how much I struggle to communicate how I'm feeling. And like being a 26 year old, I'm still trying to figure out what emotion I'm feeling, Correct. why I'm feeling it and how to deal with it. Yeah. So. Or like
0: where you feel it. Like mm-hmm. it. And I've started to be more mindful of, oh, I feel anxious. Is it in my chest? Is it in my head? Is it in my stomach? Oh, like in a
1: pinpoint. Yeah. Because
0: sometimes that helps alleviate that feeling Mm -hmm. you know oh this is just me i'm fine yep so now that we've talked about the psychological we're going to go into the physiological so physiological is the mind the brain how that functions wait
1: isn't it the other way around physiological i don't know maybe because
0: psych psych i thought psych was brain yeah So am I saying it wrong? You just said it the other way. I I said it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Psychological is brain. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, it's because I think you, I think you, oh yeah, no, I think you just mixed them up. Sorry. So the other one is physiological. Physiological.
0: This one's psychological. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So there are different triggers, psychological triggers that can lead to behavior. One of them being a lack of control. Another being undesirable behavior in others another being a lack of connection another being childhood deficit and one more being low self-esteem mm. so shall we unpack those yes please so lack of control this is where i saw the love and logic okay. start to shine mm-hmm. um when do children really get to choose for themselves
1: you asking me yeah <laughs> When do they get to choose for themselves? Like, when you think like about at it, what point? Yeah,
0: it doesn't seem well. Mm-mm, I'm not going to make that generalization. Yeah, in the past, mm-hmm. or at least in my upbringing, decisions were made for me. Yes, and to no fault of my wonderful, amazing parents. Mm-hmm. That was the norm. Yeah, would you agree with that statement?
1: Um, I think so. I, I say this literally every single time. I just have a really bad memory, but I can't. <laughs> I and it's, I mean. And it just depends on the family too. But I am at like I see it in parents eh, a lot of, you know, that's your child, you make the decision for them, you want them to be Mm -hmm. safe, all these things. But I do see it a lot more so recently of like the power of choice. Yes. And a lot of things in research. (laughs) Yeah. As we learn and we read and we research ourselves, we know the importance of choice. And that's why I love that we implement that in our classrooms. But, you know, at what point do they get to make their own choices? Right. So it's important
0: to think about that as you are teaching or parenting the imbalance of power and the lack of autonomy for a child can lead that child to feeling oppressed and not listened to or Mm -hmm. even resentful. And I think of that as
1: like the fixed mindset, too. When we talk about growth and fixed mindset, that that happens when you don't get to choose for yourself. Mm hmm. So, usually when,
0: not usually, mm-hmm. at times when children are not able to make decisions or choices for themselves, it results in toilet training issues, mm. eating issues, or sleeping issues. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And obviously, kids need boundaries and limits to feel safe and to know what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. So, we're not saying that children should get full rain. Oh, yeah. But they should be able to choose what shoes they want to wear, mm-hmm. or they could be able to choose if they want to. Brush their teeth first or eat breakfast first. Mm -hmm. Or if they want to brush their hair, if they want mom and dad to brush their hair. So many things that you can play around with this.
1: And that's, I think, because you were saying too, with the love and logic comes in, is the um, bank. What's the... what? what yeah, yeah. yeah. The... I
0: know what you're talking about, but I don't know, like... But, like, when you...
1: The more choices you give your children, the time when you have to make the decision for them, it's a lot easier when you say, you yeah. know what, I usually give you choices, but mm-hmm. right now you have to wear these shoes because it's raining outside. So please don't fight yep. me on this because I let you make it. I let you, I let is. you choose. So right now I need you to wear these shoes. Yeah.
0: And it goes back to thinking of your child, right? Like what adult wants to be bossed around all mm-hmm. day? Like yeah. when I'm not given autonomy in the workplace, you know, me, I mm-hmm. get pretty heated about it. Yeah. Um, why is that different for a child? They're also (laughs) a human being. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two in this area is the undesirable behaviors and others, AKA monkey see monkey do, Uh. which we know being in various uh, classroom environments, daycare environments, what have you, you can't control these things Mm -hmm. necessarily from happening. Yes. Children will pick up habits from others and their peers and other adults and nowadays, television and other media platforms. Oh, yeah. So just be, again, I keep saying mindful, cognizant. Uh, be aware of what your child is consuming yes. when you can be aware of it. Yes. Just putting it that way. <laughs> um, it says if we were raised kind, polite, and calm. If we want to raise kind, polite, and calm children, we also have to be those things ourselves. Yes. Um, I love psychologists, so I thought I'd throw in Albert Bandura. That's how I pronounce it. Again, don't come at me. (laughs) Um, He's a 1960s psychologist who demonstrated the impact of mirroring. Mm -hmm. Again, we're going to talk about it probably a thousand times over these next few episodes and for the rest of our lives, but we are models Mm -hmm. as parents, as teachers. These kiddos are watching everything that we do Mm -hmm. and that we say and how we act. Yes. Okay. What is this? Three?
1: Uh, yes.
0: Okay, so a lack of connection. Did I tell you I was reading a book on connections?
1: I think you did. Okay, but you didn't go into detail. You just yeah. You started it.
0: My next book that I have started is an attachment series. So there's three types mm-hmm. of attachment: um, the anxious attachment, the like one that doesn't care <laughs> and then there's the oh yeah you were one. talking
1: about this because you said you and david both yeah took... he was the stable one yes i <laughs> was anxious <laughs> it's fine it
0: works out um but that kind of like lends itself to this book so a lack of connection can be the root of behavior issues mm. go back what's our episode on um building relationships yeah it was early on mm-hmm. if a child is not connected to you they are not going to respond to you.
1: Yeah. Bottom line. <laughs> we talk about that in love and logic, we talk about that. I mean, a lot of things besides just building relationships, but that is very important.
0: Yep. They're going to try and do things in ways that you probably would rather that they didn't mm-hmm. do. If they feel a disconnect, they're going to do they're going to be less likely to appease yes. you. Yes. And we can improve by noting a need for connection and responding with time, love and attention, which I think the five love languages Mm -hmm. is a great episode to listen to. Should you be like, where do I start here? (laughs) So that's one way. Yes. Uh, Your child or your student should always feel loved unconditionally. We talked about that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: It is not them. That you are disapproving of is the behavior Mm -hmm. or the choice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can be hard to reiterate. But like I say that and not really like you hug them. You tell them that you love them. Yeah. Yes. You made a poor choice. Mm -hmm. We're going to learn from it and get through it. But you still love them. Yes.
1: Unconditionally. (laughs)
0: Unconditionally. And number four. Right? I keep asking you. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Yeah. This one I thought was important. I think all of these are important. (laughs) I say that too much.
1: Hey, it's all important information. (laughs) It is.
0: But when children experience a childhood deficit, it's when they're not allowed to be children. Mm. When their childhood is cut short. I see. Um, I think this can walk a very fine line Mm -hmm. in education sometimes but we're so worried about who the children will be tomorrow and in the future mm-hmm. that we forget to give them the time to be children today. Okay. Children learn and make sense of their world through play. Mm. And I think we've studied so much play in our master's program mm-hmm. that I've started to see why it's so important through language acquisition and social cues stuff like that Mm -hmm. we need to let our students our children play and have fun Mm -hmm. and interact and socialize and be a child yeah and I have so much respect for our school and Mm -hmm. we hold our students to very high standards yes which I think is absolutely necessary but there is a time for play and there's Mm -hmm. a place for play. And we can't forget that. Yeah. Especially as educators.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I thought you were going to say
1: something else. I was thinking about it, but then I, I was just going to, I was thinking of how K through two, we have three recesses and Mm -hmm. three through five. Don't, they only have two. But, yeah. eh, I mean, K through two, it, it's necessary. That playtime is necessary. Right. And, well, and
0: remember when we used to fight the third recess? Yeah. We were like, they don't need it. They don't need it. And now I'm like, no, they need they it. Absolutely they need it. I need, I need it. it. I need to let it go. And it's
1: too short as well. And it's very <laughs> short. And I, yeah. By the time we get them out there, it's only like 10 minutes, if that. Yeah. And they don't like it either. They're like, why are we only coming out here for five minutes? <laughs> Gotta get outside. <laughs> I wonder if
0: the day will ever come where our education system looks more like Spain and France. And mm. if they're all, cause I know year round schools are becoming more popular too. Mm-hmm. It just makes me think like, would that be beneficial? Because then you have more time to teach all the content, all the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And maybe then you won't feel as crunched yeah. to get things done. Mm-hmm. But then again, they could be also experiencing the same issues. Yeah. So I'm just curious to see what that model looks like. So last one is a low self-esteem. Oh, what a bummer. I put, read the quote <laughs> from page 16, paragraph one. You have the book. Can't do that. <laughs> you can go to page 16. Low self-esteem. But we know that low self-esteem is going to impact behavior. Oh, um, for sure. It might not always show, mm-hmm. but it's there. Yes. And your job as an educator, as a parent, is to constantly be building your child up, mm-hmm. your students up. And I think we've mentioned it, like, you should never be degrading toward a child by any means. Oh, absolutely.
1: I I mean, I have a student who has very low self-esteem. She doesn't have behavior issues, but she does I just I know every time something will happen or whatever it is she says I think I'm bad at math or I'm think I'm bad at this and I'll just ask her why why do you think that and usually it's like well everyone else turned in their test before me or I just feel like I'm constantly reassuring her her that? that she's doing great and like the other day she finally got like a really good score on her math quiz. Mm -hmm. Um, and I showed it to her before I like, I just passed them back in their mailboxes and I showed it to her and her little face lit up so Mm -hmm. like beautifully. And I gave her a high five and she literally like jumped up and down with like happiness. So like, I know that that is a student that I need to help with her self-esteem and right. I even talked to her parents about it and they're like, we're all like, we don't know where she gets this like negative view from because right. like this her parents based. are very like happy go lucky people and dad is very like they're very involved and, and so she doesn't even know where it comes from sometimes. So it's kind of like, I wonder if she's been praised
0: so often in the past though, based on merit
1: uh, and maybe. not
0: effort. Maybe because it, again we've said it like it's so hard mm-hmm. to not do that. Mhm. Yeah. We are at 42 minutes. Yeah. Should I keep it short and
1: do um,
0: how children learn really
1: fast? How children how children how learn. How children
0: learn. Yeah. So this is like great for teachers and parents because it just quickly goes over like Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm. and children learn through role modeling which we can obviously speed through yeah how to develop a growth mindset which we've also talked about (laughs) the vark model and then how to create like just a good environment yeah okay we'll be fast so this is chapter two how children learn versus what makes them misbehave so this Mm -hmm. is kind of like overall every child needs this Mm -hmm. all children and people learn based off of what Maslow has created, this hierarchy of needs. We'll post this picture to Instagram. I think Mm -hmm. it's a great visual. Yes, You can also Google it. It's this triangle. And starting at the bottom, we know that in order to learn and to grow and to develop, people need food, water, sleep. They need those basic foundations Mm -hmm. that will allow them to continue to grow. Yes. So those are the psychological, right? Psy, no physiological (laughs) there we go i always have to like tap out the word i know physiological needs food water sleep the ability to go to the bathroom shelter clothing survival needs Mm -hmm. if those bottom tier needs are not being met they cannot learn yeah then you have safety is the next bridge up Mm -hmm. and that's just protecting them from danger from abuse from anything dangerous Mm -hmm. luckily we don't have wild tigers running around these days so (laughs) these days That's great for the most part. There's mountain lions out there, so be vigilant. Mm -hmm. Third tier is um, the love and belonging tier. So a child, like we were saying before, needs to feel loved. They need to feel unconditionally loved and like they belong Mm -hmm. within the family or within friendships. If those three tiers are being met, then it builds esteem. So maybe, Skylar, what your student is experiencing a deficit Mm -hmm. and one of the previous three. yeah. So um, in order to develop esteem, it's that feeling that exudes confidence, right? You have to be able to feel safe, feel belonging, and get all your normal survival needs met. Mm -hmm. Then you can feel pretty confident about yourself. You're feeling like you're in a place. And then last but not least, the tip of the triangle is self-actualization. Which is an understanding of the world and an understanding of oneself, mm. which obviously most of us don't do until our adult lives.
1: I was going to say, is there like an age on these things? No, I don't think so. I guess not because, I mean, we'll all I think you
0: jump up and down off of that mm-hmm. ladder, in essence,
1: yeah, all the time. That makes sense. Because if you lose like the sleep aspect of it, yeah. then the... I'm trying to think of like the esteem and stuff like that. Well, if
0: you don't like, if we were to go to work every day and not feel like we belonged there, Mm, I wouldn't have realized like, this is my calling. This is my passion. This is, I mean, eventually maybe when I had the right conditions, Mm -hmm. but that would have taken a toll. Yeah. So as we've said before, children learn through role modeling through Albert Bandera. We, I don't think I said this, but he did a Bobo doll experiment. Basically it was just, a way that models let me back up mm-hmm. children learn through what they see mm-hmm. so they watch us they listen to us and we need to be thinking about what we're doing and saying in front of children before it happens and, and I know that can be hard in <laughs> speak yeah <laughs> so that children can also model this behavior mm-hmm. I think that's pretty uh Said and done. Yeah. right?
1: I was going to say, I mean, your child learns to speak before they get to school. Correct. And that comes from you <laughs> as a parent.
0: Just saying every time a child says something like wackadoo
1: you're assuming it comes from parents. you're assuming
0: it comes from the parents uh,
1: especially when it comes to yeah. politics and or things yeah. along those lines you know for a fact yes. that's coming from parents i hate to say
0: it but it's true like where else would they have picked that up oh uh, yeah like hopefully I mean, not media, tv guess, yeah. But oh yeah no judgment it's yes. fine <laughs> um and then as we talked about a kajillion times it's in an episode for itself go listen to it Children learn through developing a growth mindset. I
1: think that's our first episode, isn't it? I think it it is too, yeah. Yeah.
0: Carol Dweck is just in my mind on a constant basis. She's the American psychologist who introduced the world to the theory of mindsets and the impact of mindsets mindsets on learning. Mm -hmm. Again, reference episode one.
1: Wow. (laughs) I know, I even
0: wrote it in there. Um, But a growth mindset obviously is different from a fixed, just a quick blurb growth mindsets are held by people who believe that the only limits to their achievements are their efforts. So Mm -hmm. the effort in which you put into something is the, how you reach achievement. Mm -hmm. In contrast, people with fix believe that their abilities and intelligence are innate and carved in stone. Yes. I'm too old. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. We've all heard it. I can't do it. Again, a model, model, model. Every time you make a mistake, own up to it, learn from it, move Mm -hmm. on. Yes. Even as a teacher, <laughs> do it. Especially as a teacher.
1: Because w- you're going to do it. They're, you're, Yeah, I say it all the time. We make mistakes. Yeah.
0: So when it comes to discipline, a growth mindset teaches children that they can be and do better. That doing something wrong today doesn't mean that they can't do something great tomorrow. Mm. Which I think is a beautiful quote. Yes. I should hang that one under the growth mindset that I
1: have in my room. Yeah. <laughs> I think with that too, and we've talked about this as a kind of um, our team of these people that we learn about in history and how they have done some great things for us does not mean that they haven't made mistakes. Correct. And so when we talked about civil war and slavery, yes, some of these presidents did really amazing things for us. They also own slaves. Yeah. So you have to understand that while we teach you these amazing people and what they did f- do for us and our country, they still make mistakes. And that's, they should not be humans. idolized yeah. as gods. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Humans.
0: Um, last but not least under the growth mindset, it's important to understand that praise as well as punishment and shaming can have a negative effect. Mm -hmm. Go back to previous episodes is all I'll say on that. Yes. (laughs) Um, children also learn in different styles. So parents and teachers, I hope that you know this teachers Mm -hmm. because you should have learned this in your courses. There's a VARC model that was created by Neil Fleming, V A R K children learn through visual auditory reading and writing and kinesthetic methods you should be using a combination of things Mm -hmm. to get your children your students to learn and there's styles in which we can discipline that best speak to your child's primary way of learning yes so I am a visual learner Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also an auditory learner I wouldn't really call myself a kinesthetic learner Hmm. But David, on the other hand, is a kinesthetic learner Mm -hmm. and he has to move in order to understand. He has to do it himself. Yeah. Very hands on.
1: Anything you want to say on that? Um, I'm not a reading or writing um, (laughs) learner. (laughs) That's for sure. This class has showed me that. (laughs) Yeah. I can't read something
0: and understand it. (laughs) Same. Like that's one thing that I... It's one component for me, you know, because yeah. we all learn through multiple modalities. Mm-hmm. I have to see and possibly write or read, mm-hmm. have a conversation about in yeah. order to fully process something. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this next little chunk is children learn through experiential learning or schemas. Mm-hmm. I loved this one yeah. because it kind of went through the different developmental stages that a child's going to go through. Mm. And one of these is really funny. So let me just get going. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight schemas that a child will work their way through mm-hmm. developing. So one is a connection schema, how to connect things. Yeah. Great. Two is a containing schema. Children will start to place objects into a container, right? Okay. You see that like with the shapes and then the little holes, mm, they're okay. starting to do that. Stack bowls on each other, the such. Another one, third, is enveloping schema. They learn to cover things up physically.
1: Mm.
0: There's a positioning schema where children w- will learn about the position of one thing in relation to another. Okay. Uh, five is a rotation schema. So all things rotate. So you can, th- not all things, but you can see things start to rotate. They start to understand that they can do that. Okay. This one's my favorite. There's a traje- trajectory schema. Yeah. Which teaches children about movement and direction. And under it was like, you know when your child's sitting in their high chair and mm-hmm. they take spaghetti and they just chuck it or yeah. they like, chuck their food? That's a normal way. That's how they're developing this trajectory schema. It's uh, them watching the object fall to the ground. Okay. It's not them being a little jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could so, be. So like, <laughs> It could be, but just know that when they are doing these things, they're trying to learn about movement and direction. Cool. Makes sense. (laughs) My dog's trying to eat the microphone. Yes, he is. There is number seven, the transforming schema, the changing of properties of objects Mm -hmm. like water to rain to hail and such. Oh, I saw. Okay. And then the transporting schema, children moving objects from one place to another. So- Parents might think that these schemas are problematic, but they are normal and positive indicators that your child is learning and engaging in learning. Mm. So don't be mad when they do these things. <laughs> They're going to go through their cabinets. Just be good with it and like, yeah, let it happen even though it might not be kosher in the moment. Just know that it's good for their learning. Last but not least, and then I'll be done for today. <laughs> <laughs> Creating a good learning environment. I think this, again, is goes both ways, parents and teachers. Mm -hmm. You need to have an environment that is uncluttered and inspiring. That provides a good degree of autonomy with learning tools placed at their level. So they should be able to reach the pencils, erasers, markers, Mm -hmm. clay, whatever. That makes sense. Um, It needs to be calm and supportive. Calm. And supportive. Calm. Tranquil. (laughs) Zen mode. Yes. And last, you need to have an environment that develops an understanding where there's a well informed teacher who is available to listen and able to explain things when needed. Okay. Don't be the cold teacher. Don't mm-hmm. be the cold parent. Yeah. That's where I'll end. <laughs> that was good. I'm excited because that's I just feel two chapters like, of the book. Yeah. And it wow. just gives you like this broad overview of like why children are doing what they're doing when yeah. they're misbehaving. They're communicating with you a need that they probably don't have the words to explain or mm-hmm. to just to give to you yet. Mm -hmm. Um and it's important for teachers to know that children are going to learn in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And parents too.
1: Oh for sure. That just I mean it it really helps to think I think for me especially about the like the physiological needs of a child and how you like you said, we can't always control those things Mm -hmm. in school. Um but when there is a misbehavior that is something to think about. Did you get breakfast this morning? I feel like the answer might be no. (laughs) Sometimes it's the
0: first question I ask is what do you need this morning? Yeah. Like when there's a meltdown or what have you, it's, hey, what do you need? Mm -hmm. What do you need from me? How can I help? Mm -hmm. They may not be able to explain it Mm -hmm. or describe it in that moment, but just be an ear, you know, be willing to listen Mm -hmm. because again, behavior is communication. Especially in the younger grades. Like yeah. I think about these kids that just don't have the words mm-hmm. or the tools. Mm-hmm. So you're there to teach them these things. Next time mm-hmm. I want to talk about what's wrong with the current beliefs on discipline okay. and how we can grow from there. Oh, Cause I like all that. chapters nine through 13 go into specifics. Mm-hmm. And those of you on Instagram voted that you would like to hear about particulars. I think I have like three chapters I want to cover. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do that in future episodes.
1: That's exciting. Yeah.
0: I'm really, I love this book. You should definitely check it out, but we need to end on a positive. I was going to
1: say, we got to do our positives. Who wants to start?
0: Uh, me, miney.
1: I guess. Okay. We both pointed (laughs) to you. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) What if I pointed at you? That would be a problem. Um, uh, okay. Positives were two things. I don't know if I said this on the last episode, I don't think I did, because it was me talking about love languages. I did ask some of my students how they know that I love them. I love that. And a few of them responded. It was my little girl group that follows me around at recess. So I just said, hey, how do you guys know that I love you? I was like, I'll give you a second. Think about it. And they were like, wait, what do you mean? I was like, just how do you know that I care about you and that I love you? So one of them said, um, I know that you love me because you teach me. Um, Another said, I know you love me because you give me hugs. So like physical touch for that student. Um, I'm trying to think of one of the other ones. I know that you love me because I think one was like you come outside for recess with us. So like quality time, things like that. So if that is something and I I just kind of briefly did that with my students just to kind of feel out and see like what their Mm -hmm. love languages might be. And that was really helpful. And then my other positive, I thought it was adorable. So field day was super fun. Yes, Um, it was. I didn't win. I didn't win. I got third top three, baby. I got in second place two years in a row. It's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I was talking, I think, to a parent or another student and there were a group of students behind me and we're all just outside like waiting for the next event. And I hear a couple of my students behind me talking and they said, like, we're going to win this. We're going to win this. And then they were like, "You know what? Let's win this for Miss Marois." Aww. And I and they couldn't and they didn't know that I was listening because I was yeah. like kind of in the middle. I was like talking but also listening. And and then like a minute later, something one of the students that was in that conversation came up to me and she was like, "Miss Marois, we're going to win this one for you." Aww. And I was like, "I'm going to cry. I'm gonna dedicate this game to you." That was just and that was just so, so sweet. Cute. I thought it was adorable and it made me really happy. So, of that field day was a fun day and it westward was. ho too
0: uh, that was mine oh my positive Go of, the, of the week was definitely westward ho i mean that was like so we funny. got to dress up in our dresses we had a blast mm-hmm. the kids had a blast i have no complaints I, know. I even got to read like all my tea lights were put in the middle of the room Same. and we read paul bunyan yeah it was the first year where i didn't have to turn off the music and the barn dance we
1: could like handle it yeah it, it was, was great so much fun we had a really good time. It was just a good day, and the whole day revolved around like westward expansion. Yeah. So it wasn't just the event in the morning. It was like you said, the reading in the afternoon, the barn dance. The it was just too much fun. It was it was a great great day. And the finished parents, little house. The parents did some amazing uh, things for shout us. Out to the parents. I know. <laughs> Huge shout out. That whole event is all the parents. So I'm really grateful. All of our events are the parents. I let's know. be honest. We That's love you so guys. True. But yeah. All right, let's exit. All right. Follow um, us. Follow us on the gram and email us all your teacher stories. We should oh, do yeah. one of those soon. We have a few teacher stories we, do. we that should we do can one read. of those. So, but before we do that, please send us if you have any teacher stories. It could be funny, it could be um inspirational, it could be hey, uh, just a quote, it could be gruesome. Oh, it could be <laughs> a,
0: it could be spooky, spooky uki. <laughs> whatever you want but i think
1: because i had a friend that asked me like oh, i don't really have any stories i'm like it doesn't have to be a story it could literally be a quote i have a couple quotes that i'm really excited to share i know (laughs) i had a few this week where i was like i should write that
0: oh the chicken chicken one
1: the chicken one (laughs) i had a student who was like the vocab
0: word was chicken Uh uh-huh and they were writing sentences he was like the crispy delicious and he's like whispering in this boy's ears crunchy Chicken. Oh I was like, my gosh! Oh my god! These kids <laughs> so are so funny. All right, oh, y'all. Cool. Great re- review. Subscribe. Do the darn thing. We love you. Tell and- your friends about it. Yes. Yeah, spread the word. Okay. See you next time. Bye. Bye.